the beginning of a new day, bringing the attention to the body, the breath, the sound of silence. Tending to the, the sounds of the world. We compose the attention. Making a conscious effort to, to attend to what is here and present experience. The presence of the body, the feeling of, of weight, the body pressed upon the cushion, the chair, stool. The different elements that make up the pattern of this moment, what we call the world around us, the sound of my voice, or the, the pigeons making their, their morning songs, the texture of the mood that we feel, sleepy, alert, inspired, melancholy, whatever it might be. We compose the attention on the, the patterns of this moment. To consider, to reflect, right now it's like this. And through the day, here in the, the space of our awareness, the field of our, of our awareness, there's a constant flow, a change of, of patterns. Feeling, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, remembering, imagining. It's an incessant flow, the patterns of the world, taking shape, doing their thing, dissolving. But that which is aware of the flowing patterns, that which knows it, this quality of vicha, awakened awareness, that's not going anywhere. It doesn't have a, a connection with the world of space or time. It's always here, ever-present. Lumpur Chao used to use the expression of still flowing water to describe this 
combination of qualities. So the mind is like still flowing water. Perceptions flow, feelings, moods, tastes and sounds, sensations. They flow constantly, ever modulating, arising, ceasing. Like water that is ever flowing. But that which is aware, that which receives, knows the current of sense impressions and thoughts, moods, emotions, actions, is perfectly still. It's outside the world of time and movement, ever present, boundless all-encompassing, all-embracing. Perfectly still, peaceful, spacious. So we say this is like water that's both still and flowing. The nature of mind is like still flowing water. There's stillness in that spacious open awareness that knows all things. And there's flow, the incessant current of impressions and perceptions. And both exist. Both occupy the, the field of our attention. They coexist simultaneously, without interference. The flow does not interrupt the stillness, and the stillness does not interrupt the flow. Both are present all the time. It might be that uh, as we're now many days into the retreat and the, the rhythm of formal practice has had its effect, the mind becoming more quiet, less prone towards creation of random thoughts and mental images, can be that when we sit down, close our eyes, the inner world becomes very quiet, spacious, peaceful. We bring our attention to the, the present and nothing much is going on. No particular thoughts arise, no particular ideas or memories. The inner world is a spacious, open, uncluttered space. 
Well, this uh, may well be the case. So we might wonder, well, what am I supposed to do now? Okay, the mind is quiet, but... So what? Or what do I do with this? Or when we bring the mind to a quality of spaciousness and quietness, stillness like this, and there's a, a an absence of the usual chattering thoughts. It's rather like having tidied our living room. We've cleared up all of the old teacups and magazines, emptied the bins, straightened the furniture, hoovered the carpet, dusted the surfaces. So we now have a, a, a beautiful, clean, open, uncluttered space. So just as we can with a, a spacious and tidy living room, we can then use that uh, as a, a place to work in. We can make a use of that space in different ways. Get together with our friends, take up a, a work task, engage in a, a particular project, because we've got a, a pleasant, open, tidy space to work in. <clears throat> in exactly the same way with the mind. When the mind is uncluttered, quiet, bright, then we can use that internal space. It can become a, a useful workspace for us, rather than just being a, an empty room. We can take advantage of that bright, open, uncluttered quality. In particular, during this retreat, we've been exploring, investigating Paticca Samupada. Some of the terms, some of the, the links and connections might seem quite clear and obvious to us. Others might seem strange or obscure. So we can use this internal, clear, open space, the brightness of the mind, to explore, to deliberately bring in particular aspects of the teaching, to uh, open them up, take a look at them, to use that brightness and clarity of the mind to investigate, Dhamma Vijaya, investigation of reality, is one of the factors of enlightenment. One of the natural attributes of the awakened mind is to explore, to recognize and derive meaning from the patterns that are experienced. So in this respect, if the mind is 
quite quiet and open, clear. This is a great opportunity to pick up particular aspects of the teaching. To open them up, take a look inside. So we can take particular sections of the Paticca Samuppada, say Avicca Pachaya Sankara, ignorance, conditions, formations. Just to take a particular term, ignorance, ignoring. What is that? Ignoring what? What's the, the felt sense of avicca? How is that experienced? What's its texture, its tone? What's my experience of what that word is referring to? How do I feel that? Know that? And how does that condition, sankhara, that arising of duality, sankhara, the forming, compounding, diversifying quality, how is that? What is that? What are the different dimensions of uh, the world, of reality, that that term is pointing to. Or perception and feelings. How does pasa sense contact? How does that condition feeling, vedana? How does that link work? Sense contact, seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching. How does that connect with feeling? How does that work? Or whichever area of the whole process we might be interested in, we might feel needs some exploration, we can quite consciously, deliberately bring that in. Make it a little project, like bringing the bringing something into your living room, putting it on the coffee table, you know, opening it up, dismantling the, the particular object, taking it apart, looking at the pieces, examining the manual, seeing how it all fits together. Now this kind of exploring or investigation is not just uh, letting the uh, chattering mind wander off in a stray and overactive, random fashion. There's a great difference between what we call conceptual proliferation, just uh, random chattering and wandering associations of the thinking mind. It's called in Pali, Papancha. There's a great difference between that and the act of wise reflection, Yoniso Manasikara, investigation. So called Dhamma Vichaya. 
So when we, when we want to pick up a particular theme of Dhamma for investigation, that's invited in deliberately, consciously taking the opportunity to explore Vedana or feeling or clinging, Upadana. So there's a conscious inviting in of that particular section of the teachings or that particular quality. Say, inviting it in, bringing it in. And exploring, asking particular questions about that. So we pose a particular question like, how does pasa, how does contact condition feeling? So that question or that theme is brought forward in a deliberate and conscious way. And then there's a pause, a spaciousness, just waiting to see what arises following that, that act of questioning. Maybe some different image arises or a an immediate uh, se uh, sequence of thoughts. And when that image arises, rather than that just then triggering a, a cascade of mental proliferation, when we're developing wise reflection, there's a spaciousness, a clarity. So we might ask ourselves, so, Vedana, feeling, how is that? And then it arises, or oh, Vedana itself is always wordless. It's a felt quality, pleasant, painful, neutral. And then the thinking mind steps in and names it, and then says pleasant, or says painful. But the feeling itself is wordless. Uh-huh. So maybe that kind of, of uh, insight, that kind of observation arises, and then just is allowed to hover, to rest in the space of the mind. And then that is in turn picked up. So how is that naming of a, of a feeling different from the feeling itself? What happens when a feeling is named? And again, there's uh, that particular observation or reflection forms, and you let there be some space around that. So it's not just a cascade of one uh, half-formulated thought chasing after another, but when we develop wise reflection, there's a, a measured, spacious quality. Each element of the reflection is a, has a clearly formed, distinct, coherent attribute to it. The mind observes, knows, and there's some space. 
then another observation, another insight arises from that, follows upon that. So the process of investigation, wise reflection, is a spacious one. It's an active use of conceptual thought, the mind's ability to to use ideas and images. But it has a, a great quality of coherence and clarity to it. Now it might be that you start to investigate some aspect of experience like this, looking at feeling or looking at clinging or looking at the dukkha experience. And after a a few moments of, of clarity, and some association gets triggered that launches a whole emotional avalanche, and the attention gets swept up, lost in a, a chain of chattering thoughts, and that composure is lost. The mind is caught in papancha, conceptual proliferation, and, and lost in those half-formed, unclear, random, chattering thoughts. So at that moment, the wise reflection has ended and the mind is lost in just average mental chatter. So we notice that. If that's the, the, uh, the experience, notice that we might have started off with deliberate, wise reflection, but now it's dissolved, lost. So then, at that point, we deliberately bring the attention back to the body, to the breath, sound of silence, to re-establish composure. <coughs> Let the mind be quiet again. And once that quietness, that stillness, steadiness is re-established, we can go back to the theme. Where, where was it that we got lost? What was it that triggered that cascade of chattering thoughts? So we can consciously go back, retrace our steps, pick it up for exploration once more, see if we can investigate that theme without getting lost, without the, the mind getting carried away into strings of chattering association. This way we put the space of the mind, the fertile space of the, the quiet mind, we put that space to work, like using our our bright, spacious living room for a, a useful meeting or carrying out some helpful work. And it's not as though the activity interrupts the peacefulness. Investigation doesn't mean that the peace of the mind is disturbed. It's more putting the fertility and potential of the mind to work, helping it to bear fruit, the fertile soil of our, our being.
is allowed to to manifest as something fruitful, something beneficial. It blossoms and bears fruit as wisdom, understanding, 